Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. Okay, so in the words of the great Yogi Berra, it's deja vu all over again. I'm back up here, and I know it's a little unusual to have the same person preach two weeks in a row, but as Father Henry and I spoke this week, and we looked at the passage of Scripture, it's really clear this is all really part of the same discourse that Jesus was teaching. From Matthew 9:35 to 10:15, Jesus is sending out his disciples. He's preparing them to go. He's told them to go with nothing. And so as we looked last week, if you were here or if you've listened to the sermon, it says there was a, it's ascending. It's a four-part movement. And the first was vision. Seeing the brokenness of those who are of, around us and those who are broken, lost, helpless, and harassed so that we're able to see those that are without. The next was compassion, to look at the brokenness around us with the eyes of Christ and not just see broken, but be moved into action towards those that are suffering. The next was gathering. As Jesus gathered his apostles together for the sending, he too gathers us together in this place. And it's not just for our own edification or how we feel, but it really is to equip us. Equip us to go out into the world. And finally, there was the sending. And that, because we are now able to see those, we are moved by compassion of Christ to go out into the world. And this is what drives our mission. We gather together with Jesus and we are sent into the world to share the good news of hope and salvation through Jesus Christ. So that's kind of the summing up of what we talked about last week. And as we move into this next part and pick up at Matthew 10, 16, we see that Jesus is preparing his disciples to go out for what they are to expect when they go out on this mission, proclaiming Jesus Christ and the good news of his kingdom. His disciples are sent compassionately into the world, just as we are. And we need to have that same care and compassion for people that Jesus has. Now, we're going to see that the disciples are sent fearlessly into the world as he carries out this mission. Jesus is preparing them to go, and he's giving them the roadmap. Here's what you will face as you go. It's a preparation time so that they don't have to fear. So the first thing that Jesus does is prepare them for the resistance that will surely come. Jesus tells his disciples that he is sending them into the world like sheep among wolves. Friends, that's a frightening picture of what the work will look like. You are sent into the world that is full of the harassed and the helpless and the broken, but they're not always going to understand the mission. They're not always going to understand that you've been sent to help them. They're not going to embrace you always and be grateful for your work. Rather, the condition is to be like sheep sent out amidst the wolves. Jesus instructs them there to be wise and shrewd like serpents, and innocent and harmless as doves. Jesus does not say to act like a snake or act like a dove. He's using a particular aspect, a particular part of what a snake and a dove is. He says, be wise and be innocent. Be shrewd and be harmless. Jesus is telling his disciples that he wants them to be innocent and gentle, but don't be naive and gullible. You're going to need practical wisdom and act with caution while you're proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. 
The shrewdness is not to harm others, but to be careful for yourselves because you are among wolves. Understanding you're amongst wolves means you're going to be careful with your words and with your actions. But Jesus does not say that we cannot go amongst the wolves because they're wolves. He tells us to go. We're supposed to go out into the world. We must go among those, but know that you will need to act wisely. And you act harmlessly. We need to think about emphasizing both aspects of this mission as we go out. Are we being harmless and innocent as we work in the world to show them Jesus? Are we being wise and shrewd as we work in the world to show them Jesus? Jesus continues to explain as he's got them together why they need to be careful. They're going to be put on trial, flogged in synagogues, dragged before government leaders. For us as followers of Christ, we're going to be put sometimes in trying and uncomfortable situations. But notice the reason why Jesus tells them that. The reason is to give them opportunity to be a witness of Jesus before them. When he says bad things are going to happen to you so that you can proclaim the gospel, these guys are going to be brought in front of leaders and rulers, and they get to be Jesus to them. In the same way, we may be brought in uncomfortable situations, but everyone allows us to be Jesus, to share the gospel. It says this, Persecutions are, are, are going to happen to the Christian and to the apostles. But those who use their persecutions to continue telling people about Jesus will be blessed. The apostle Paul keeps talking about Jesus when he goes before each ruler. And for his various times in prison and jail and trials, every opportunity to speak of Jesus. But Jesus comforts his apostles by telling them they don't have to worry about what they'll say. It says that he tells them, as he tells us, that we have the spirit of our Father who will be speaking through them, and we have the spirit of our Father who will be speaking through us. But the difficult circumstances for the apostles, and maybe for us, doesn't end there. He then tells his apostles that family is going to turn against you. Family is going to go up against family, in verse 21, it says, Brother will betray brother to death. The father will have his child put to death. The children will rise against their parents and have them put to death. It's pretty cheery this Sunday morning. <laughs> the gospel is going to cause, can cause family betrayal, strife, and difficulty. Maybe in your own family. I want that picture to rest on us for a moment. This is even, this is incredibly difficult to even think about. We often work to maintain harmony in our family. We sometimes can be very cautious with our family members about spiritual truths because we want to maintain peace. And that's not always bad. But notice that Jesus says that this is not the goal. The gospel could cause friction and family problems. It's not because we make those problems or try to force things down our family's or friend's throat to believe exactly as we do, but we are charged to speak the truth of the gospel and live the gospel with them. And there are going to be those who do not like it. 
Your family and friends can reject you because of your desire to live for Jesus and proclaim him. There may be family members that don't believe the way that you do. And this can be incredibly painful for each of us. But we are called to extend grace even as we speak truth. Jesus says in verse 22 that you will be hated by everyone because of the gospel. Have you ever thought of that? The gospel tells people that they are in sin. The gospel tells people they need a rescue. And Jesus is the answer. And people are not always going to be happy about that. They're going to want to live according to their own desires. So listen to what Jesus says. You're going to need endurance. The one who endures to the end will be saved. Remember, we are wolves. We are, we are going amongst wolves. You could lose family and friends. You're not going to need, you're going to need endurance. So how are we to go out on the mission when the conditions that we'll experience are so hard? Jesus says you're not to have fear. Jesus says to have fear of, not have no fear of them. How can we go into the mission fearlessly? Let's look at what Jesus says to help his apostles and us. And here are the reasons to be fearless. The first reason he tells the apostle to be fearless is because these things happen to him, to Jesus. And so they will happen to each of the apostles. And even as we go out, things that could be difficult could happen to us. You see, Jesus makes this point in verses 23 through 25. He says that disciple is not above his teacher. A slave is not above his master. And so what does Jesus mean by that? Jesus means that if rejection and persecution happen to him, then the disciples are not above that. If people call Jesus Beelzebub or the devil, then the disciples and we are not above that. If they maligned and harmed Jesus, then we're not above that. We are not promised a different outcome. So how does this help us be fearless? I believe Jesus says this because it is a lot easier to accept difficulty when you know that it's coming. We don't like being blindsided, do we? Jesus did not want his disciples to be blindsided by the reality of the mission before him. And I think Jesus doesn't want us to be blindsided by the mission that we've been called to. So for us, we can be fearless because we know that difficulties are coming. We don't have to be shaken or think we're doing something wrong or we've been deserted or isolated when people in our life reject you or me for our faith. We don't have to be shaken or think we're doing something wrong when people consider you completely reject your faith that you share with them. They re they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the truth of the gospel. And that's the hardest part of this is that when we share the gospel and people reject it, it can be very painful for each of us. The second reason we can be fearful in the mission is because God sees what's happening in our world. Look at verses 26 and 27, what it says. It says, do not be afraid of them because there's nothing covered or hidden that will not be revealed. Whatever is done in dark will be brought to light. The point is, is that God knows exactly what's happening to us. Everything that's going on. And he does not leave you in the midst of our trials and persecution. He doesn't go away until we figure it out. Jesus does not tell his disciples they'll be protected from all persecution. And I can't stand here and say that either. 
In fact, we know that most of the apostles were violently killed. The same is true for us. God sees what happens, and we know that we will be rewarded for enduring hardships for Jesus' sake because he has eternally restored you as a child of God. I want you to think about that. He didn't promise that it would be easy, but he did promise he wouldn't leave, that as we endure, he endures with us. The third reason we can be fearless in the mission is because our fear is misplaced. What are we afraid of? Look at what Jesus says. Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, but be afraid of God who's able to destroy both soul and body. The message is that we don't have to fear man. Our fear is misplaced. But notice Jesus does not say to not fear people because they can't do anything to you. Actually, Jesus says that people can kill you. Not that that's going to happen where we live, but he doesn't promise that it's not going to be painful or hard. Jesus says you should not be afraid of that because they can only kill the body, and that's temporary. But they cannot touch our eternal soul that's been given to us through Jesus Christ. Friends, people are going to reject what we believe or what you believe. The world may turn against the church. We can look around our world right now and the culture of what we see, and at times it feels like we're being completely rejected in many ways. I recently read an article that was talking about the church and why a generation is falling away. And I want you to listen to some of the words that were spoken about the church, about believers. It says this, they were arrogant, narrow-minded, intolerant, unenlightened. Harsh words to hear. But as we go out on mission, as we go into the world, we know that we take the love of Jesus Christ with us. Those words fade away as we live this mission. We don't have to fear what the world will say against us or how they reject us. Jesus was called much worse. He was beaten and hung on a cross. We do not have to fear the world what they can hurl at us. What a thought. Jesus says the worst they can do is take our life. And that doesn't happen a whole lot around here. We don't see that often. Bonhoeffer said this, those who are still afraid of men have no fear of God. And those who have fear of God have ceased to be afraid of men. By following Christ, we no longer have to be concerned about what others will do but can remain focused on what God has done for us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to take on our sin that we couldn't take on and pay the price for us once and for all. Our hope is in him, and we go out into the world. What, as we go out into the world, what more do we need? Our life has been given to us through our belief in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Finally, we do not have to be afraid because we are valuable to God. And these pictures are so hopeful. I want you to hear this. It's so important. It's so beautiful. In verse 29, it says, Jesus says that two sparrows are sold for a penny. Sparrows were not considered worth a whole lot. And you can buy two for one penny. They're insignificant to most. But Jesus says that, they are, that not one of them, not one of them falls to the ground without God's knowing, without the Father's attention. There is nothing too insignificant such that it does not capture our Father's attention. Think of that. 
Sparrows fall to the ground, and God knows. God sees the details of you and I, of our lives, and we are valuable to him. He knows the hairs on our head, the words in our mouth are coming and going. He knows all these things about us. We are way more valuable than sparrows to God. So we don't need to worry or be afraid. What do you think about what God thinks about your life? Nothing is happening apart from his knowledge and sovereign will. You do not need to be afraid because God is with you and you carry that out into the world on mission because we can be sent fearlessly. Four reasons for why we are sent fearlessly into the harvest. First, we do not need to fear because we know that we are going in as sheep among wolves. We know that. We've been given warning to know that we're going to go into some hard situations. And we're not surprised at all of the responses that we may receive. We're told to be wise and be innocent. Rejection happened to Jesus, and rejection could happen to us as we do the work that he's called us to. Second, we do not need to be fear because God sees what is hidden and will respond accordingly to what we experience. Third, we do not need to fear going out because we have a great father that we can fear our own God, not man. We are far more concerned about the approval of God as believers than we are about the approval of man. And finally, we do not need to fear because God greatly values each of us. Hear that. God greatly values each of us. And he knows the details of our lives. And he absolutely cares for what's happening to each of us as we live for him. And we don't go alone. He goes with us. So let us go out compassionately and fearlessly into the harvest, which we know from the previous week is, is bountiful. It's plentiful. And we are, even if we're small in numbers, we are the workers of the field. We're being sent in the world for the sake of the gospel. We have been called just as the apostles were to go do the work that Jesus is sending us to do. We're not going for ourselves or for our own glory, but we are going to those who are in need of hope. We are going to those who are in need of care. We are going to the helpless and the harassed. We don't have to fear what comes against us because we know that as we go, he is always with us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.